Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And welcome into another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network, live from the Concord Studios just outside Charlotte, North Carolina, here at MRN. I'm Chris Wilner. As always, Kyle Ricky with me from Killing League, Connecticut, although right now at Stafford Motor Speedway, getting some upgrades done. Kyle, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Yeah, getting ready for the uh, Spring Sizzler coming up here just a couple of weeks away at, at the Stafford Speedway, the racetrack behind me, uh, some work going down in the infield with our new Jumbotron big board. Also some work up here, uh, remodeling the press box high above the, the grandstand. So a lot happening here uh, in the facility and out as we prepare for a busy race season coming up here just a couple of weeks away. Yeah, and unfortunately, you guys have to wait a little bit longer, but there's still lots to talk about uh, going into this weekend, this past weekend, and it all started down south in Alabama. The Alabama 200, one of the marquee events to kind of kickstart the season uh, for the Southern Late Model Series, and uh, I tell you what, a local guy finally breaks through and ends a seven-race winless streak, Hunter Robbins. How about that, Kyle? Did anybody have him on their bingo card this weekend? No, although, I mean, he's a driver that always stands out to me. You know, when I see him on the entry list, I always feel that he has a pretty good shot at claiming the win. He has been uh, strong in pro-late models for, for more than a decade now whenever he shows up at places like Five Flags or, or in this case, at Montgomery Motor Speedway. But, yeah, he picked up the win driving for Ronnie Sanders, uh, Ronnie's home race as well. So a, a, a feel-good story there for both Ronnie and Hunter holding off John Bolin at the finish. Stephen Nassie had a good podium run. Jake Garcia uh, rounding out the top four, the, uh, the biggest little race in the South. I love that that tagline for that race. And it had to have been special for Ronnie Sanders, too. I think he's won as a driver and now as an yeah. owner, so that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, it's, and to do it at, at your home racetrack and, and an incredible career that Ronnie has had down in that part of the country. Uh, yeah, to do it as an owner and to do it with one of the most talented drivers out there in Hunter Robbins is obviously pretty special as well. Also part of that weekend were the Modifieds of Mayhem Tour kicking off their season. Augie Grill winning his second Modified of Mayhem Tour as a part of the Alabama 200 weekend. So pretty special for him as he won the Alabama 58 once again last year. Smart Modifieds, Kyle. We talked about him previewing them their season. Uh, another up-and-coming series, a big entry list to start the year. Uh, anybody can stop Matt Hirschman? I mean, my nope. goodness gracious. Not up north, not down <laughs> south, uh, not at New Smyrna, I felt like, uh, yeah. except for, for Jimmy Blewett this year. But, uh, yeah, he picked up the Low Country 99 win, the season opening event for the Smart Modifieds at Florence Motor Speedway in South Carolina, holding off Caleb Heaty, Brandon, uh, Brandon Ward, that is, a longtime Southern Modified driver finishing third, Burt Myers fourth, Jonathan Brown fifth, and some guy named Bobby Labonte finishing in the sixth spot. And like you mentioned, a good field of cars, not a lot of uh, chaos in the event. couple of mid-race yellows, 23 cars took the green flag. 
Uh, they have a couple of weeks to regroup before heading to uh, Southern National Motorsports Park on March 18th. And Matt Hirschman, three for three in smart competition. I think his fifth win of the year. Yep. Kyle, can we put a number on it? Can he win uh, maybe over 25 <laughs> features this year? I mean, he's off to a great start. Depends on how many races that he runs. When we talked to him a couple of weeks ago, he was still putting his schedule together. But, you know, I think he could probably win 75% of the races that he starts. Um, I mean, I feel like that's been close to the average the last four or five years. So he's already off to a pretty good start. Couple recaps here before we get to our first guest of the show here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Carolina Pro Late Models, a great win for Josh Loader, basically uh, dominated the whole weekend uh, down there at Southern National, one of the marquee racetracks for short track racing. So a big win from him. And then Kyle, uh, nearby here to us in Concord, Hickory Motor Speedway, the weekly NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts weekly series opening Twin 25s. Connor Hall dominated both of those. Any surprises between those two events? No, Connor Hall uh, won both of the twin late model feature events, 40 lapper. Also broke the track qualifying record, 14.390 seconds. So uh, a track that he really hasn't seen a whole lot of. He was there really preparing for the Cars Tour race there in a couple of weeks' time on March 26, in which he'll run full-time this year. So no surprise, pretty good feel the cars for the late models for opening night. They're going to run to another pair of twin 40s. This Saturday night, another regular show for the late models, and you can watch it on Flow Racing. They made their Flow Racing debut last week as well. Final two events I got my eye on this past weekend. Goodyear All-American Speedway. How about Dylan Newsom? A big-time win, passed with 15 to go over former track champion Rusty Daniels, picking up the win. He's only been racing since, like, 2017, so a pretty big win in an early career for Dylan. And then how about that SRL Southwest Tour Series Wild West Shootout? At All-American Speedway, Jacob Gomes leading flag to flag. Kyle, another dominating win for a guy that we kind of expect to be on top many times this season. Well, all 100 laps in route to the win in the Wild West shootout. Uh, Jeremy Doss finishing in the second spot. And again, another good field of cars. I expect both Jacob and Jeremy to be contenders all season long when they roll into uh, Kern County next back on April or coming up on April 2nd. Uh, love that series. Um, it's one of the highlights of one of the highlights the touring series of the west coast so as you can see folks lots going on as we are just into the month of march here for the 2022 season and certainly the action is going to pick up uh, each and every week here on the show as we talk about all that's going on in grassroots racing well we mentioned the alabama 200 the 58th edition and the winner of that hunter robbins well he is on the phone and we will get ready to talk to him here after the break on nascar coast to coast Hey, race fans, you're probably tired of car insurance ads with, like, talking animals or whatever. At Root Insurance, they view car insurance differently. Their app gives you smarter rates where your actual driving is the number one factor. Good drivers end up saving money, up to $900 a year, in fact. Not too shabby. Maybe you'll miss the talking critters, but Root doesn't need a mascot to save you money. Root, for good drivers, over 1.5 million drivers insured. Download the Root app today. And joining us on the line now here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, the winner of the 58th Alabama 200, it is Mr. Hunter Robbins. Hunter, congratulations, and not only is it a big race to win, but it snapped a pretty deep winless streak for you, so that's got to be pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, it was definitely, um, it, it's turned into a big race uh, with the with the amount of, of, um, of you know, $10,000 to win the race, and uh 
had a ton of cars there, almost 40 cars, I guess, trying to make the race. And, um, you know, uh, like you said, kind of snapped a, a, a winless streak for me. Um, I hadn't last won a race or late model race, uh, driving since, uh, since 2015 when I had kind of pressed pause on my driving career to, to, to go pursue a, 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 a race engineer career up in, up in Charlotte there. And, um, after kind of deciding that it was, uh, we, or after our first, first kid and, uh, with me and my wife and we decided it was time to go, um, to go start our family. And, um, then, uh, somehow I found my way back into, uh, back into the driver's seat. You just can't really, uh, can't really get away from it. And, uh, and a finding success, uh, almost right away down there, the Alabama 200, a race we talked about last week here on the show. And we're trying to describe how special this event is. So I'm going to ask the winner of the race how special is this race and why is it so special you mentioned the high car count uh, over 40 cars trying to t- trying to be a part of it yeah i mean it's um i guess this was almost the or the 58th uh running of it yep. so it's uh it's been uh they've they've had had a lot of them and and some uh you know it, it's kind of like any of the other uh the big late model races uh as soon as you you go and pull up the the, the stat sheet of who's won the race uh dating all the way back to its beginnings there's some some really big names on there and um having already I'd, I'd won it once it was like my the the or the race and the the track of where I won my very first late model race um when I first started racing late models when I was uh, 14 and um man it uh it it was pretty pretty special just to to get back to victory lane because I've been trying really hard for the past two years and, uh, and to do it in that race. And like you said, how it, how it, uh, the Stan, uh, Stan Narison, the promoter, he's, he's been working really hard the last couple of years since he's been the promoter of Montgomery Motor Speedway. And with, uh, it is, it was originally my, that's my hometown and where I'm from. Um, and so pretty, pretty excited to, to see the turnout that he had and, um, and, uh, really happy for, for uh, the owners of the racetrack as well. And you had to have everything fall your way, it seemed like, in that race for it to pan out, and it did. And talk to me, first of all, the decision to not pit their lap 109 caution. Then you knew you were going to have fresher tires. You needed some help to get back to the front. Then you ended up getting a caution late in the race. So just did it feel like all the stars were aligning there for you? You know, they did. And, and really, as soon as, uh, you know, you know, as soon as that starts happening, man, you just start getting nervous a little bit and excited and, and, uh, just because you're like, man, it, it, this could not have played out any better, but yeah, you know, um, so we kind of had a plan. We talked about it all week, uh, about, you know, that race has been won off of pretty much to whoever takes tires towards the end. And that, but, but the difference in this year was that there were so many cars and there, there was the possibility to have so many cars on the lead lap towards the end of the race to where you didn't have enough laps to, uh, to, to make it back to the front, even if it did play out. But but um we we had a pretty good car we were running top 3 up until uh up until that point and when the leaders or the leader Nat Steven uh Nassi, when he pitted I, the the one of the cars in front of me that had won that race before with Ricky Turner as the crew chief they uh I saw him stay out and i mean we had said that we were like all right we're not going to pit till at 125 anyways and and it was what 109 i guess and um so uh Josh my brother-in-law who I had crew chief in for me that weekend he said uh he said, stay out. So we stayed out and luckily we, you know, we fired off on the front row. We went as hard as we could because we knew every, we had to, we had to go and we had to, we had to go like crazy just to kind of get some breathing room and, and not go a lap down. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, the, we there, we had the potential where they do they kind of do some of their controlled cautions, or they didn't they don't like to run or they'll these bigger races they run 75 laps, uh, then they will throw a caution, and we had the potential for that to happen anyways. But we there was also that uh, that danger of, of of going a lap down and uh, and and pretty much ruining the whole uh, our plan. So luckily the caution come out. It uh, we were able to come and get our tires, um, and uh, along with a couple of other people as well. And um, but it but it worked out better for us. Bring us through the final restart. Uh, got physical there, I guess, a little bit with Matt Craig. Yeah, so you know, um, with the leader being able to choose inside or out, um, the Nassies chose the outside. Uh, we were third at the time. We were actually just about to pass. Uh, past Matt uh, before the caution come out and right I mean if that last caution wouldn't have come out I don't think we would have been able to catch Steven he had a couple second lead on us where he had was able to get out um, while we were coming through the field and so he put uh, was it Matt restarted um, second but on the bottom and we were third and um, John Boland who was the other car that had stick, uh, sticker tires he was on our outside and uh, on the last restart Steven got a really good jump and uh, and and Bolin and uh, Matt Craig were side by side and, and turned three and four and was like, man, this is uh, this is not good. Uh, you know, we, we're not gonna. I'm gonna have to pass both these cars uh, or had to pass the race the two car really hard because he's on tires too. And but luckily we was able to kind of get underneath the the 54 and um, and and John at the same time. And really that move uh, is what really won us the race because that that gave gave me just enough laps to catch catch Steven and we, we needed every lap we had finally for me we talked about how big it is for you and your career and, and and the magnitude of that race but for Ronnie Sanders your car owner I mean how special was it for him could you see the emotion him now going to victory lane as an owner as well as in the past as a driver yeah you know I think it was um and it was it was really special for him mainly because um I mean he had so like we had raced together before and we had won some races or, you know, a number of races. And then, um, and then when him and Casey Roderick were racing together, they won a ton of races, uh, together. And then he kind of decided, he's like, I think I'm, I think I'm done. I think I'm, I'm done racing, uh, for right now or for good. He tried to be. And then, um, it wasn't, but a couple of months that he sat idle that he, you know, he, he had called and called me back and said, let's, let's go run some races if you want to. And so, yeah, absolutely. I want to, but, uh, so we, but we've, but we've, there's been a lot of, we've struggled a lot the last like two years. We've, we we're inching, you know, day by day, we're getting better and better and better in our every race. We're, we're running better, but, uh, we, to finally, uh, to, to get back in Richard Lane after working so hard the last two years, uh, I think that that's what, uh, uh, meant the most to him that, that all of our hard work has, uh, that, that has paid off and that, uh, that, uh, we are making making good decisions because um, you know we um, when you when you don't go to victory lane and you're used to going to victory lane you, you start start uh, losing some confidence and, um, and and that's what we needed. You mentioned and and I'll wrap up with this uh, kind of a family question. Um, you mentioned you had to step away a few years ago. You're back. Your wife Johanna, a, a top level driver for for many years in the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the Truck Series, she she won a Snowball Derby. Uh, has she adapted to having to step away? And obviously, not running as much in in starting a family these last few years. Yeah, you know, I mean, for us, just as long as we've uh, whether it's kind of um, me going to the track or racing or, or her her racing, we were kind of 
we just kind of keep uh, doing what we what we love uh, and 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 living that uh, with, with each other, you know. So, but um, she had like a real. And this was the this car. She had a really good run in it at the uh, back at the Snowflake uh, at the Snowball Derby and was was going to finish top three in it. Um, and uh, we got wrecked late in late in the race, and so we we put the car back together and um, and went to Montgomery for me just kind of because our plan our plan right now is she's going to kind of run this car and a lot of the uh, the the prolate model events uh, throughout the year and and give her an opportunity to race that and then me an opportunity to just kind of keep running some of the super late model races um, with the way our work schedule and time allows that's kind of the best way for us to do it so but um, kind of what I was getting back to is yeah she's She's uh, going to be running in the um, the um, baby rattler they call it uh, this Saturday in the car that I won in so we're pretty pretty excited about that she's really excited about it and that was really the you know one of the first things we did when we got back on Sunday was start changing the seat out so uh, she's ready and uh, and I think she's got a we got a, a good piece to put her in. I was going to say at least she knows the car's fast so that and that brings it to my to my final question as we wrap it up is just what does 2022 look like obviously work schedules and everything's crazy but are, are we kind of going big money racing I mean what what's your kind of anticipated number of races you're going to run this year um you know we plan on doing the, they got a lot of races scheduled for the uh the Southern Super Series um and um and being living right here in Pensacola whether that's where our, we keep the cars at uh it, with the blizzard races we put a lot of emphasis on those and uh but uh gonna try to run as many of the southern super series races as we can here at the beginning of the year with only having uh one one car one supercar one pro car uh it's it, it's it's we we want to say we want to run for points and commit but if one bad race can can uh or you know can really take us out of it so but uh that, that's kind of our intent um run some of the bigger pro late model shows with that car um and uh and just run and stick with the Southern Super Series. It's hard to kind of commit to. I'd love to run some of the the bigger late model high paying races that they're going to have this year, but um, a lot of them really do have a lot of expense and uh, really just time to kind of to, to make it happen and, and the people. So, uh, but we're going to just uh, keep going um, with and, and uh, as far as doing what what we can and what our what our uh, budget and 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 just resources allow that's that's kind of the biggest thing is is finding finding the right people to go with you to the track every time it's uh that's what's so key and uh, if you really can't do it right there's really uh there's really no reason to go so but that's our that's our goal and we hopefully we're going to get that uh go win some super late model races this year well congratulations continue to ride the high from this weekend maybe that'll transition and give our best to joanna this weekend at the rattler we will and i i, I think Maybe we can. Uh, you guys will be talking to her next week after her win. That I hope that's the plan. We'll just keep it right on rolling. Hunter, thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you. All right, that was Hunter Robertson's driver of the number 18 Ronnie Sanders entry, winner of the 58th Alabama 200. We'll be right back on NASCAR Coast to Coast after this. Hey, race fans, you're probably tired of car insurance ads with like talking animals or whatever. At Root Insurance, they view car insurance differently. Their app gives you smarter rates where your actual driving is the number one factor. Good drivers end up saving money. Up to $900 a year, in fact. Not too shabby. Maybe you'll miss the talking critters, but Root doesn't need a mascot to save you money. Root, for good drivers, over 1.5 million drivers insured. Download the Root app today. And joining us now on NASCAR Coast to Coast, the winner at Daytona for Venturini Motorsports to kick off the 2022 Arc Menards season. It is the driver of the number 20 Venturini Motorsports Toyota Camry, Corey Heim. 
Corey, congratulations again. I know it was a couple weeks ago, but uh, you got to be itching to get back behind the wheel of that race car. But back to Daytona, second in a row for you at that racetrack. Uh, describe maybe what was different, if anything, about this one. It kind of seemed like it went according to plan as, as last year when it comes down to a late, late late race restart. So walk me through you know the emotions of that win and, and what it took to get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was itching to get back in the in the race car all off season. Um, and you know, like you mentioned, it wasn't a whole lot different than than twenty twenty one Daytona. But I think the main difference was just you know the the night before I ran the truck race to kind of give me that a um, little bit of experience in and warming me up a little bit to that to that arca race. So um, you know that was a disappointing truck race for me for sure. So all I could really think of that night was just you know trying to rebound in the arca race and and going out there and really just putting on a, a dominant performance. And that's I feel like what we did. Three other Venturini teammates finished in the top 10 with you, Parker Chase, Gustine, Tony Breidinger. How key is it and, and was it for you in having teammates with you at the front? Yeah, that was that was 100%, you know, my biggest um, my biggest uh, strength in that race compared to what other people had. Um, you know, Parker Chase was really new to the whole super speedway deal, and so was Tony Breidinger. Um, and they did a phenomenal job, you know, doing the research and studying and, and kind of just executing throughout the entire race. Um, and as you mentioned, Gustine, you know, he's kind of a, more of a veteran and he has a lot of super speedway experience and a win as well. So I could really count on him in the beginning of the race to really lead the way, um, not exactly in the pack, but it kind of just lead our, lead our little group that we had out front and kind of keep that, keep that gap. Being a veteran of this series now that you've kind of taken part in the last couple of years, I know Kyle talked about, you know, previewing Daytona. Seems like ARCA at Daytona sometimes gets a little bit of a bad rap in terms of the racing. Do you feel like it's progressed to where, I mean, I, I, I saw some incredible passing, incredible teamwork, incredible bump drafting, but where do you think that the super speedway is for ARCA right now? Do you kind of feel like it's still a little bit uh, a battle of attrition, or is it getting a little bit better in terms of kind of the upper level of the competition? Yeah, excuse me. Um, yeah, it's always been, um, you know, really track position, I think, dominant. Um, I think, you know, the farther you are up front, I think the better off you're going to be throughout the race. And um, I found myself in a position um, last year at Talladega and really Daytona back in the pack, um, you know, back in like 15th at one point. Um, and, you know, those Venerdy Motorsports cars are always so fast at the super speedway. So I was able to find myself, you know, at the front, you know, working with Drew Dollar last year and this year with Gustine and Parker Chase, uh, kind of like I mentioned earlier. But, um, you know, the 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 very raw drivers in the series, you know, make it very difficult to kind of warm up to that. But I feel like a lot of the drivers, you know, nowadays have a lot of access to sim and, and a lot of research. So it's kind of getting better year by year with the extra, um, you know, things that we have just to study and really do our research leading up to the race. You mentioned the sim. How accurate is it? How beneficial is it for, for a young driver such as yourself? Yeah. When you take the whole year in perspective, I think that really helped me progress last year. Um, I came into the, came into the Venerdy Motorsports camp in 2020 with really no um, resources uh, beforehand of that. And um, ever since mid-year after COVID in 2020, um, you know, ever since I had access to that Toyota Sim, it really helped me develop um, all throughout 2021. I feel like I just got better and better throughout the year. And um, I have a long way to go, but, you know, I feel like just being in that Venerdy Motorsports camp and, and kind of having access to the Toyota Motorsports, Toyota Racing, excuse me, Sim has uh, really uh, helped me progress. Your team with Venturini Motorsports, I mean, obviously we don't have to talk about how much of a dynasty they've kind of laid out in this Arc Menard series. As kind of the veteran member now that we have so much turnover year and after year, do you kind of take upon that leadership ability in that camp? And how much pressure do you feel to make sure you guys keep winning and keep, you know, having that dominance each year? 
Yeah, I try to be a good resource to all my teammates. You know, Jesse loves, you know, the, the driver that I'm sharing the, the 20 car with this year. I've got six races, and I think he's filling in for the other 14. So um, to, to have him kind of by my side and trying to win that owner's championship is really big for me, even though he does have the majority of it. Um, but I've tried to, tried to be there for all my teammates if they need anything. You know, I don't know if I would call myself a great leader, but um, I try my best, you know, especially leading up to Daytona with the um, very, you know, green drivers that we had with Tony and Parker. I'm just trying to help them leading up to it was uh, very important for them, I feel like, and I try to be, you know, as good as a human as I can. You touched on it a moment ago in sharing that ride with Jesse this season. Well, what is your, your schedule for, for 2022? Yeah, you know, like I mentioned, looking at the six ARCA races, but then I have uh, 15 guaranteed truck races with a chance of 16. Not 100% on that yet, but I'm um, racing a lot of late models on the side just to kind of keep me warmed up in the seat. I believe six late model stock races and seven super late model races, so um, that'll equate to uh, about about 12 or 13 late model races when it's all said and done. Yeah, speaking of speaking, yeah, no kidding. That is very busy. But speaking of that short track experience, I mean, from a guy growing up in Georgia, right, racing those legends cars at Atlanta and and things like that, kind of growing up through the Southern Racing Series, how much has that helped you in this transition now bouncing back between rides and kind of keeping yourself, like you said, kind of warm in the seat? Yeah, 100%. Just kind of growing up and racing Legends cars and the late models have really just helped me develop um, at a young age. And, you know, I feel like I kind of got started a little bit later than, you know, the average nowadays. I feel like, uh, you know, Chandler Smith, his first time in a late model was like 13 or 14 years old and and Jesse Love too. And, you know, I'm, my first time in a late model was when I was 16. So, um, you know, that those Legends cars that I raced, you know, and they didn't ever race those, I feel like really um, helped me progress. And, you know, any kind of um, system that you can use to funnel through and kind of just develop and, and in the uh, southeast region of the United States, I feel like has been really beneficial, whether it's late models, Legends cars, they all really correlate to, to NASCAR in some sort of way. And, um, you know, Legends cars have really helped me specifically. But um, just stay, uh, staying in the seat and, and racing those late models, I feel like just helps me kind of stay warm, like you mentioned. Are you bummed there's no run for a championship in, in there be, after being fairly close a year ago? Yeah, a little bit. You know, I feel like after Daytona, especially just how the points, you know, look right now with how good they look, it's, you know, a little unfortunate. I feel like we'd have a really good shot at trying to, you know, win our first ARCA championship with, with Underneath Motorsports. But, um, you know, I think in the, in the big picture, you know, the truck races are really going to help me develop. And, um, for my career, I think it's, it's a good move for me to just kind of stay, um, stay progressing and stay moving up throughout motorsports. So with that in mind, I guess now we're just, what, trophy hunting? So what is your mindset now going into these races, including Phoenix, coming up this week and a track that, you know, you nearly missed out on a win last year, finishing second? I mean, how big is this for you now just to go out swinging, knowing that you can be aggressive because you're going for just straight wins at this point? Absolutely. You know, um, with the six arc races I have, there's no reason that we can't win all six of them. And we've already, you know, started out with the win at Daytona. So um, with the truck series too, I mean, we have the best team, I feel like in truck series with Kyle Busch Motorsports, that 51 truck is phenomenal last year. Every time Kyle gets in it, he pretty much wins. And um, there are some other drivers that had a lot of success last year and in years prior as well. So um, really this entire year is just, is just having success. I'm not really going for any championship except for, um, you know, I have a partial say in what happens in the, in the ARCA uh, owner's championship. And I have a pretty, Pretty, pretty big say when that happens in the 51 uh, owner championship this year. So uh, my, my sights are set on those two, and, you know, some late model wins would be awesome as well. My final question for you is about uh, Vegas last week, and uh, Chris and I were both there. For you, driving for KVM, 
Is there much pressure for you sitting wherever you were watching last week, seeing those trucks one, two, three battle for the win? And I feel like that's the case. I feel like that's the case week after week. There's usually at least one, if not two of those trucks up at the front. Uh, any extra pressure for you once you climb aboard that uh, you know, <clears throat> the expectation might be to be up there with, with the likes of John Hunter? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely pressure. You know, John Hunter having all the experience he has is really, really successful, which is, you know, I feel like it's pretty expected. But then you got Chandler Smith who doesn't have all that experience and is still really, really good. Um, and every time Kyle gets in, just like I mentioned earlier, he's, he's very successful as well. So really, it seems like whoever sits in the seat is, is successful in those KBM cars. So KBM trucks. So, um, you know, going forward, it's definitely be a lot of pressure, but, um, you know, we've got Atlanta next week. Um, which is going to be a little bit of like a super speedway race I view it as. And then um, later in the year, once we start kind of getting in the in the seat, back-to-back races, I feel like is really when I'm going to start warming up to it and really get used to the team. Um, I only have four starts to my name right now, but um, once around July or August comes around, that's when my schedule gets really truck heavy. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, Corey, it's really excited to see how much hands full and you have for yourself this year running both the Arkham and Arden series as well as the truck series. Best of luck to you, my friend. We look forward to seeing you down the road and much more success to you in the future. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. That's Corey Heim, ladies and gentlemen, the winner at Daytona in the Arc Menard Series. We'll see him in both that series as well as the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series here in 2022. We'll be right back after this. And back here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, some news and notes before we get going here for this weekend's racing action. Kyle, we start off pretty sad news. You know, it's the 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 awful reality of the racing world sometimes is racetracks coming to a close. And we saw Gresham Motorsports Park, the pictures on Twitter. Uh, it's left to wither away. Pretty sad deal. Some technical issues there for a second. <laughs> yeah, um, I... We talk about this every year on this show, you know, the loss of longtime short tracks. We've always seen it, um, but we're seeing it more. Um, Gresham Motorsports Park hasn't been active the last six years. Um, was sold recently by the, the current owner. Uh, the, the, the buyer of the property hasn't been revealed yet by, by Tim Gresham, who is the current property owner. Um, but he did confirm that it's not going to remain a speedway. Another great racetrack, uh, opened in 1967, longtime home uh, of the World of the World Crown 300, uh, but unfortunately hasn't been really active in the last six years. They were hoping to come back for 2020, and then everything happens, um, and, and unfortunately Gresham will will fall victim to uh, to that, uh, along with a couple several other short tracks across the country. But uh, Gresham always one of those racetracks that you know hosted big events and, and and a facility that you always thought would be there, and unfortunately. Uh, we now know that it has run its last race. Yeah, sad, sad deal, absolutely indeed. And, and speaking of sad deals, we just got news here today as we're recording NASCAR Coast to Coast that as the Arc Menard Series heads out to Phoenix for the West Series opener as well as the national event, uh, David Gillen Racing suffering a tragedy on the way out to the racetrack. Uh, their semi hauler that carried Tanner Gray's or Taylor Gray's, excuse me, number 17 Ford involved in a serious accident that included a fatality uh, of their semi driver. So our thoughts and prayers continuously with the DGR family. Um, it's one of the brutal realities, too, of racing, Kyle. These semi-drivers are the unsung heroes, right? They're putting in 50,000 miles plus on the road. Yeah, that's something we, we unfortunately hear about every once in a while. I mean, there's so many haulers on the road at all times, 
every once in a while, you know, unfortunately something bad happens. And then this is a very unfortunate situation with, with DGR. Um, hopefully they, they can get through this. Uh, obviously you mentioned the fatality. So going to be a bit tougher uh, than, than some of these other incidents that we've talked about the last few years. But yeah, our thoughts and prayers are with that race team. But speaking of ARCA, they will be taking the racetrack this weekend in Phoenix on Friday night as part of the NASCAR weekend out there. Once again, the ARC Menard Series and West Series opener. It also doubles up as the Sioux uh, Chief Showdown opener as well. Kyle, uh, Phoenix always like a great track. three races in one. Huh? Like three races in one. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, they're all run at the same time, just like IMSA. Uh, what can we expect from Phoenix? A great racetrack, we know, but I feel like the ARC Menard Series really puts on a show there and uh, it's kind of where we saw the the dominance of Ty Gibbs start last year. What can we be in store of this week? And and we know uh, know now know that Corey Himes not on the entry right. list. Uh, yeah. Jesse Love's going to be <laughs> behind the wheel of that car. Forty cars strong, uh, and without Ty Gibbs, I don't know who the favorite is. You know, and and yeah. the Daytona winners not there, so it's going to be interesting to see. You know, who these early favorites are that that are going to run for the championship. I think. You know, Jesse Love's obviously going to be a factor going into the the car with the team that won at Daytona. Um, but, yeah, there's there's a dozen or more names on that entry list that can win. One of the strongest entry lists I've seen in a while, our guest from a week ago, Tony Breidinger, uh, she'll be there, Amber Balkin. So we'll have uh, several ladies in the race. I believe Bridget Burgess part of the entry list as well. So going to be a great race. You can hear it live here on the Motor Racing Network at 7.30 Eastern time on Friday. Absolutely. I know Josh Berry, also another one on the Xfinity Series side, entered for that race. The 46 Rattler 250 is this weekend. We talked about it a little bit in the pre-rate or in the early part of this show. The Baby Rattler or the Grasshopper 125 is also part of it. Another stout field. Chandler Smith, who won Friday's race at Vegas in the Camping World Truck Series, is entered as well as Carson Hosevar. So some more big names going after to try to hold that that Rattler, which I don't know, Kyle, if I would do, but I would do it if uh, I won no. the race. No. No, <laughs> no you not wouldn't? even if I won the race. Ty Majeski, Stephen Nassie, Derek Griffith, all some of the big names. You you mentioned Chandler Smith a moment ago. Hunter Robbins, who who we talked to on the show today, going to be a, a, a great event right now, uh, approaching 25 drivers on the entry list. That is uh, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at uh, South Alabama Speedway. That's right. You can see that all on Racing America. Cars Tour opens this yep. weekend. Millbridge opens. And uh, some breaking news we got in Vegas, Cal, before I let you go. Uh, did I hear you're going to return to the seat of maybe a Wild Thing card up at Stafford? Can we I'm announce this official. officially? I'm not making that officially. Ah, oh, man, I thought I had it teed up like we were going to break some news on here. All right, well, stay tuned, folks. Cal Ricky may be busting out the driver's suit. And if that happens, I have to come out and be his crew chief. I think that's fair. We'd love to have you up here. Uh, Love to have you up here. All right. Well, it's time to wrap things up here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. From everyone involved with the show, Kyle Ricky, enjoy the rest of your week. He's going to Phoenix, so catch his uh, and the rest of the MRN team live on the Motor Racing Network from Phoenix. I will be here in Charlotte. But to all of you at home, enjoy the rest of the racing weekend. We look forward to catching up next week. Good night.